What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that had to beat death in consecutive games of Battleship, Clue, Electric Football, and Twister just to do this podcast, it's Sif Little Bill and Ted reference there at the beginning. Best three out of five. (laughs) Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Welcome back. And I'm back! I faced death in all the contests he wanted to face me in and i made it back good for you i'm uh, not going to go into a lot of detail uh, about what's kept me away for a couple weeks we did in the pre-show mm-hmm. uh, i actually talked a lot of detail about the situation uh so if you want to hear that become a patron studio dna patron.com uh, patreon.com slash studio dna i think it starts at three bucks a month and uh, you can listen to all those special episodes but i don't want to spend a lot of time on uh on the episode other than to say thank you to everybody who sent me messages has supported me um, checking my, my Twitter DMs was insane. Uh, like 30 to, to 50, I haven't counted them, different people just chiming in saying, praying for you, thank you, miss you, get better, all that kind of stuff. Some really nice compliments in there um, about the show, about what we do. Uh, thank you so much for that stuff. Thank you to all those who have given to the GoFundMe to help with the medical bills. That's been insane to see people actually put financial dollars to make sure my family can stay afloat. Uh, the support that I and my family have felt from you has been phenomenal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I did want to say that. It's been humbling. It's been a very humbling experience through uh, this near-death experience and uh, kind of finding my way back to health. So I'm excited to be here, and uh, I didn't want to finish the thank yous without thanking you, Andrew, specifically uh, for all your work in keeping the podcast going, You know, hosting with uh, my brother for a couple weeks, and keeping things moving. I really, really appreciate it. I realized how difficult your job is sitting in that chair. Oh, really? Yeah. What, now I'm curious. What, what about it makes it so difficult? Hosting is a lot different than co-hosting. That's true. No, that's fair. Because I get to riff off of what you say, uh-huh. but I had to you know, hold the reins for two episodes, and right. it felt different. Yeah, it does feel different. I've I've been on both sides, you know, before, you know, I had my own podcast and everything. And mm-hmm. it felt like, oh, it's been a long time since I've done this side of it. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, obviously I was a little out of practice. Hopefully I did it justice and hopefully I lived up to what you would call acceptable. It, it, it was from the part I, I haven't had a chance to listen to all of it yet. Sure. But I did listen to uh, some of that first episode that you and my brother Drew did, and I thought it was great. I thought you did a wonderful job. Well, so, thank you so much. I really um, appreciate that. No, and and even beyond that, just stepping in and, and being such a help and coming to visit me in the hospital. and it's uh, just... Apparently, I could have saved myself some gas. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything, man. There's nothing personal. It's nothing against you. Sorry I cared. 
Oh, man. Um, this is going to be uh, an interesting episode. It'll be a little bit different. We do want to yeah. launch our Summer Sum game, which will be a big part of this episode. Yeah. Uh, just a week left to get your picks in uh, at the Summer Sum game. Um, so you can do that. Uh, and we're going to talk about our picks. Yeah. Uh, for the top 10, you know, money making movies of the summer, what we think that will be. And then I just thought, since I've been gone a couple weeks, maybe we could just talk about, uh, the movies that I've caught up on since then, since coming back and just kind of chat. Now, a couple of these you've chatted already about on the podcast. So you yeah. are on record. Um, uh, can't spe- change my mind now. Specifically with the first two we'll talk about. Um, but then there's also three we'll talk about that we haven't talked about on Civ Pop. Okay. So. Um, it should be fun, and we'll just kind of go through those. Uh, because the last episode I did, I think, was Pacific Rim. Yep, was the last movie that I talked about. So, yep. I, we haven't we didn't even talk about Ready Player One. You want to start there? Yeah. Um, I I liked it. I did too. That's, I that's where I landed. I didn't I didn't love it. I think there's a a lot that is off with that movie in in like strange different ways. Like it, it doesn't feel. Um, it's a movie that that understands that the majority of the joy is going to come from this nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But once you get below that layer of nostalgia, there are some things that kind of don't make sense about the world, about what's happening, about why it's happening that way. Um, you know, a lot of those different things uh, kind of undercut the actual technical aspect of the movie, even though my brain's going... Oh, Back to the Future. Oh, Iron Giant. Yeah. Oh, you know, The Shining. Uh, even though my brain's doing that, uh, you know, if I give my brain a chance to settle down, it also goes, hey, um, why Why exactly would they be in, you know, a virtual world of the 80s and, you know, not have the 90s and, you know, other decades? And, yeah. Or why exactly would nobody have, you know, figured out to go backwards at the beginning of that race? Uh, and I know you guys talked about that. Uh, on the podcast and that's um, one thing that uh your brother and i were curious since you weren't on the show we were kind of wanting you to be the uh the person who hadn't read the book oh yeah yeah because you've both read it right yeah and like because I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. hopefully it's not too spoilery the book is very different than the movie uh the basic bones are still yeah, there yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody who has to you know find three easter eggs all the trials are so different are they called gunters yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Gunters and Sixers and stuff like that. But um like the trials are so different. Relationships with people are very different. Yeah. So um obviously you know I've said it's one of my favorite books and uh, it was my most anticipated movie of the year and going into it I was like, well, okay, it's a little different. But I was curious cuz you it's ironic you said that you felt why is it so based in the 80s yeah. and not modernized. Right. And I was watching it like, man, there's a lot of modern stuff in this that wasn't <laughs> in the book. Well, I guess I, I guess Iron Giant isn't necessarily from the 80s. Or, you know, Jurassic Park. So, what, okay, I want let's talk about no, that true. because it is the main thing about this movie. Easter eggs. They're a plentiful, I don't even think you can call them Easter eggs because they're not hidden. They're in right. full view for right. you to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that was, should have been the main draw to this movie, or do you think that it should have been more of a uh, story? I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of a story. I, I think I think if they could have beefed up the the actual story part to where it made a little more emotional and thematic sense uh, and to where I cared a little bit more about uh, the actual 
um, resolution to and how that resolution was going to impact their lives. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, and I don't want to spoil anything, but honestly, the ending was one of the worst parts of the movie for me um, because the ending did not seem to make much of a difference. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed to be like, oh, we won. And and then we did this one little thing to, that changed everything. And now everybody's okay because of Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, that's not the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, and, and just like uh, Mr. Dicer in the chat said, uh, there are different uh, you know decades in the actual book. Like there's a Matrix world and yeah. stuff like that. So uh, obviously with a movie, you're not going to be able to put everything that's in the book in there for time's sake. Yeah. You have to cut stuff. Right. So. No, I, I, but I still overall, like, enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed the experience. Um, it was only really after kind of trying to go a little bit deeper. Because there's some movies where I enjoy the experience, and I also have a transcendent emotional connection to it. Yeah. And I did not have any kind of transcendent emotional connection Me to neither. these these characters or what they were going through it's one of the most fun movies i've seen this year though it is fun it, yeah, yeah I, I think that's fair i i think it is fun uh you want to move on to a quiet place please <laughs> oh did i love this movie um it's it's my favorite movie of the year so far me too uh it is it technically astounding yeah uh how well made it is i'm not gonna lie it might crack my top 100 of all time movies and I said... I need you, to see it again, but... You said uh, that you haven't listened to my review Correct. of this. I have not. Whenever I did the review with your brother, I said, I can't think of a single flaw for this movie. Yeah. I can't. And I've seen it again. And because this time I was like, I, I love this movie so much, I have to find something wrong with it so I can... <laughs> it, so it so can, I can do my job? So I can do my job. And I could not find anything wrong with it. Um... Well, I'm not necessarily built like that to think like, oh, you know, what is the one negative I need to find in this movie? Well, that's I went to see it again. Obviously. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, first time I just wanted to enjoy the movie. Boy, no, I did I? <laughs> no, I only I only say that to say I actually haven't thought of it in that way. But now that you say that, mm-hmm. I certainly can't think of a flaw in yeah. the movie. I, it's, um, it is. I mean, it's it's one of those movies that just it, it tells you exactly what it needs to tell you for you to be completely connected to everything that is going on in the movie. Um, every character feels completely authentic and mm-hmm. real. Every moment feels uh, important and valuable, and there it, there it doesn't seem to be any wasted space in the entire film. It has one of the best endings of a movie that I've. Yeah, ever seen. Um, it is, uh, it is tense. It is, it is. It gets the exact emotions it's going for. You know. I remember whenever I did the review, I was saying I regretted going to see this in an Alamo draft house because I was so tense during the movie. I didn't want to make a sound eating my food because <laughs> I immersed myself in that world. I'm like, these fries are too crunchy. I'm gonna have to, you know, just take my time with this food, and I literally did. Um, beyond the actual story on screen, there's themes of parenting and what it means to be a parent. And that's and- the thing. I wanted to know from you because yeah. obviously I'm not a parent, but I. I, I understood it, but obviously I can't connect to it on that level of doing whatever it is to take right, care yeah, of your yeah. family. I was really wanting to know how that hit you. Deeply. Yeah. I mean, just right to the core. Because it's so authentic. Because it feels so authentically 
Um, to, and I, I actually don't even know uh, if John and Emily have any kids yet. They um, do. They have uh, two girls, I think. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I mean, one, if they hadn't, I was going to say bravo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because it certainly looks like you understand what it means to love a child. And um, wow, that must have been even crazier for them to go through this movie uh, knowing they have a couple kids. so Yeah. Um, but it, it was incredible. And Another phenomenal. thing is that this movie kind of empowers those we would see having a disability. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's the uh, the whole American Sign Language aspect of the movie because of the quiet place yeah. idea, uh, plus the fact that one of their kids uh, is um, deaf. Yeah. Uh, hearing impaired and so they you know and that that plays a, a part in the uh in the movie mm-hmm. um i don't think it's a negative the one i mean there are just there are a couple moments here's what's interesting in my brain they're almost negatives because i wanted something different to happen but they're not actually that's negatives. not a negative that's no, a preference that's right exactly it's but it's not a negative because the story was not told in an inauthentic way it just took a different path and it's actually kind of a positive because it made me care enough that I wanted something different to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and and that's without going into spoilers and and talking about you know specific examples. But yeah, I just realized I do have one negative about the movie, and I'll just say this, and hopefully it won't be a spoiler. Nails don't go that way. <laughs> Fair enough. That's the only thing. I mean, they could. You're, you're nailing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that is literally the only thing I can think of other than that. It is, like you, my movie of the year. And you know me. I don't like horror films. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I would call this a horror film, really. It's a it's a thriller, for sure. But I don't think that we it's... Get hung up on, but we get hung up on genre. And I don't know why we do it sometimes. But we want to we classify, make sure we have everything classified. Horror buffs, people who love horror movies, want this to be a horror movie because it's so amazing. I totally get it. Um, I would call it a thriller. I would call it a Hitchcockian thriller. A Hitchcock would have loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it, it felt very Hitchcock at times. Uh, I've had people ask me if you know they don't like scary movies. You know they don't like horror movies. Will they like this? And I said, well, which don't you like? Because this is a scary movie. Yeah, but I don't know that it's a horror movie. Like it's not, it's a, not gore. a gore. Yeah, film. this isn't a gore movie. I think it's PG thirteen. Uh no. Are you sure? No. You want to really? Bet? I think so. No, I'm I don't want to bet, but I'm gonna look it up. I've... Even just for the intensity, yeah, I would think it was rated R. Okay. I couldn't imagine that. That's that's not an R-rated movie. We'll find out though. Yep. PG-13. Wow. Yeah. That's an intense PG-13 movie. <laughs> yep. Well, if you think about it, I don't remember much blood. There's definitely violence, but it's not vulgar, gruesome, gory violence. Yeah. A lot of it's... I don't want to get into it, obviously, because... Sure, sure. But intensity is definitely the factor here, and not gore. So, I don't... And obviously, obviously there's no foul language. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it is... um, it's a it's a must see. There were more f bombs in Ready Player One than there were in A Quiet Place. <laughs> That's right. And technically, there were. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. Uh, you ready to move on? Yeah. Or do, or do we want to pour some more praise on A Quiet Place? Uh, Should we talk about John Krasinski directing his first movie? Wow. What is it with first time 
directors coming from a comedic background and nailing it. I don't know, man. You got Jordan cool Peele as Get Out. And what then, a cool guy. Yeah. I, I just, I, I let, like, um, have I ever told you my John Krasinski story? I have met him. Meeting him? Yeah. Oh, at uh, uh, Critics' Choice at Awards? Critics' Choice Awards, he and Emily were at the table. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most awkward things I've ever uh, ever said. And basically, I accidentally implied I wanted to wife swap with with him. And it was it was the weirdest thing because it's not what I meant. But I saw the look in his eye uh, because he said something about, you know, oh, you want me to come, you know, hang out at your table with you and your wife or whatever. And I said, yeah, and I'll just hang out here with your wife or something. And the, like the look in his eye like was just like. He was trying to figure me out, you know, like if I was a creep or if I, you know, was just being silly. So I, I just, we cut that conversation off and I, I went in uh, so, so, went a different way. See, knowing you, I know that's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then again, I know you, I, I think you sh- still should have taken that as a joke. But then again, his wife is Emily Blunt. So. Exactly. Which I didn't think about. Like I, in me, it wasn't even like Emily Blunt. It was just, it was a white, you know, it was just a wife joke. Swap. About, yeah. It was yeah. just a joke about a wife thing or whatever. But, but yeah. Anyways. And then you're like, oh yeah, your wife's Emily Blunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You probably hear that a lot. Anyhow, uh, that was my meeting with John Krasinski, and he was super cool about it. I, we even took a picture after that. So, um, so anyways, he seems like a, an awesome guy and apparently an amazing director. Apparently. So there you go. Uh, all right, let's talk about Blockers. I really wish you had seen Blockers, and I'll yeah. tell you why. Because I have an opinion that I believe is different than most of the people that I've heard talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. I hated this movie. I thought it was awful. Really? Um, and I've I, heard two. I've heard both. I've heard people like, "Wow, I'm surprised how much I liked it," and then the, I've heard people say, "I just hate it." Really? You have heard other people? I haven't oh, heard yeah. anybody else say they hated it. I've heard a lot of people surprised that they like it. A lot of I've heard a couple people say they love it. That they thought you know it was really funny. Uh, I just feel like I was watching a different movie. Like I thought the jokes were lame. I didn't think any of them landed. I didn't think the performances were very good, uh, especially John Cena who is just a, a walking Saturday Night Live skit. Like, he is not an actor. Um, it was it was painful to watch him on screen. Really? Um, yeah. I, I, the, the difference between Cena and The Rock is astounding to me. You watch The Rock in a movie, and you can feel that he's an authentic actor. Like, he's actually doing something with his performance. Cena's just playing a sketch character. And it's just, it's not great. And it starts to grate That's on me That's interesting because quickly. every single time I've seen Cena in like a sketch, like you say mm-hmm. or anything, it's the funniest thing. But that's what I'm saying. But it gets old when there's nothing deeper to it. Like it's really? just him okay. putting on a funny voice and doing a funny character. And it's like, okay, fine. But give me something else. Give me something to, you know, some meat, you know, to sink my teeth into. Um, you know, overall, the movie is, I think, supposed to be thematically about letting go, about parents, you know, figuring out how to let, you know, their kids have their own lives, specifically in the area of losing their virginity at prom night, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, none of that struck me as honest or true or real. Um, the kids are fine in this. They're not great, but they're not awful. But I just I didn't buy the adults in this at all. No, no choice. No choice. The adults made in this movie made sense to me in the real world, <laughs> and so I was just completely disconnected. Because the main pro I hear about this movie is the girls, the the teen girls, and how great they are. Yeah, 
So well, they're not they're not awful, but they don't they they don't do anything in my opinion to make the movie better. Um, I I just I didn't. They were adequate. They were the adequate thing about the movie. Okay. <laughs> like, like I really didn't. Like, I had such a bad time at this movie. Okay. I just rolled my eyes all the way through it. So, and it's hard for somebody to rise above that once you're locked into that that zone. Yeah. So, and that's why I would really love to have a conversation with somebody who loved it because I, I want I want to be able to see through those eyes. You know me. I want to love every movie I go see. It's true. You're the optimist. I want I want to know what you saw in this movie that was fun or interesting or you know or what and maybe it's just one of those things where like i can say oh well this is the kind of movie the fast and furious movies are and i can enjoy them for that and maybe for somebody else you know oh this is just the kind of movie blockers is and i can just enjoy it for that it doesn't have to be anything you know how do you feel about like the vulgar humor and stuff like the judd apatow style of vulgar comedy i think i can i think it can be hilarious um, I you know I look back at uh, like Forty Year Old Virgin, yeah, those kind of movies. Those are hilarious movies. But I think so much of that has to do with the authenticity of Steve Carell's character. Like that feels like a person in an actual character, even as crazy stuff is happening around them. I buy into Carell enough that I find it funny. Okay. If, if it feels inauthentic to me, if it feels like a world that doesn't exist to me, and I just roll my eyes. I'm just like, you're just you know. It's just one long Saturday Night Live skit. And okay. Nothing against SNL. I watch an SNL. I like SNL, but that's a whole different animal that I want to see when I go see a movie. Fair so, enough. So that's just me. Okay. Um, are you planning on seeing it? Maybe. Well, I got Movie Pass, so why not? <laughs> that's right. All right. We'll we'll take a break. You go see it, and then come back, and we can have a further. Aaron, I loved. <laughs> That movie so much that I just forgot. Blockers. I loved Blockers <laughs> so much. I almost said Rampage, but we're not there yet. No, not quite. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, there you go. My my thoughts on Blockers. Uh, again, I would love to have a conversation with somebody who loved it, just so I can, you know, try to understand that. Yeah. Um, from their perspective. Uh, speaking of Rampage, you want to move on to Rampage? Make it happen, Captain. Uh, did you see this one? No, I want to, actually, because I played the game growing up. Uh-huh. And uh, I want to see if it's just as dumb slash crazy as i think it is dumb and crazy are good words to go along with this movie yeah i think i think you could use both of those uh i I don't think it's anything like the game like i don't think it was trying to stay true to any kind of plot of the game well Uh, the game didn't have a plot is you were a giant monster and you broke buildings right exactly and that happens there are giant monsters that break buildings in this in this movie so there you go we we completed the truth of the game all right well if that's all the (laughs) movie is then i'm i'm down to clown uh i really enjoyed rampage really i really did it's fun um it is a lot of fun uh, it is one of those movies that, you know, obviously isn't going to hold together. Uh, you know, when you start to think about, you know, a real world, there's there's just CRISPR doesn't do what they say CRISPR does yeah. in this movie. Um, so, you know, it's it's a little weird in that respect. But uh, but no, it's a lot of fun. So I know this is going to sound like a dumb question, but you said whenever we, you were talking about blockers, you're like, I don't see this happening in the real world, mm-hmm. ergo, I don't like it. But then whenever we come to a movie like Rampage, you're like, this obviously can't happen in the real world, so therefore I'm okay letting it go. Is it because Blockers is a movie that's supposed to make it feel like it's taking place in the real world? Yes. Because 
I didn't see it as that type of movie. It's because Blockers wants to have an emotional impact on you. Blockers wants to make a point. It wants to have something that it's saying. Okay. And it wants to have that moment where it's like, oh, here's where the parents learn something. Here's where, you know, the kids learn something. And and uh, to me, that puts it on a different level than a movie, like I mentioned, Fast and Furious or Rampage, where there's no presupposition of we're going to tell you something deep and meaningful here. Um, now, if you wanted to do that, I'm on board. If you wanted to try to do that, but then, Not in rampage. but then, but do you understand the difference? I, I, rampage, I get it now. I didn't understand like because whenever I see a movie like Blockers, I'm like, I don't see that ever happening in the real world, so I don't look for that type of sure connection. But whenever you explain it, like a movie like that is supposed to have like some kind of catharsis, you know, a meaning behind it. Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah, that's that's what it is for me. You know, with Rampage, I wasn't I, I wasn't expecting you know some sort of deep theme, or it it wasn't trying to tell me something deep about humanity or the universe or anything. It it just wanted to show me you know big monsters destroying buildings and how the Rock was going to you know uh, save the world, and that that was fun for me. That was a fun journey. Um, I think I continue to think he is flat out a movie star. Um, and I continue to be excited for every single silly movie he puts his name in. Uh, Skyscrapers coming up later, right this summer. Yeah, another rock crazy movie, uh, from what I understand. So one, one-legged rock. Um. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Oh, you don't watch trailers. Yeah. Man. No, that's all right. Yeah. Just a, just a little a, a mini spoiler, a peg leg spoiler. Yeah, peg leg. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but no, I I liked uh this movie how. I think I liked the efficiency of the storytelling. Um, they didn't waste their time with a lot of things. Um, there was always another incredible monster fight, attack, whatever to look at. You know, it was it was consistently throughout the movie, so there weren't like boring stretches of exposition, those kind of things. It knew what it was. It, it went there. It got there quickly, and it was just a fun ride. Um, so it is ridiculous. It is crazy, um, and it is, I don't know, there are just some movies that visually are just, they're, you know, makes me feel like I'm, you know, a kid again. So. It looks like Pacific Rim if you just take out the robots and you just have the crazy, dumb monsters. Yeah. And they just decided to break. And instead of a giant robot, you have a giant Samoan. <laughs> and sure. uh, he, uh, he probably breaks as much stuff as any of those Jaegers. Yeah. Yeah. I just it, want to see a giant wolf, a giant crocodile, and a giant gorilla smash stuff. Then you then you are going to have a good time. All right. Um, I think the word that I thought of when I came out of this movie was sensational, uh, but with an I, not an E, like sensational. Oh, yeah. Uh, cause plenty to sin there here. There plenty to sin here, but I still had a, an amazing time. So, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed Rampage. All right. One more. Isle of Dogs, which we both have seen. Yes. Uh, so this will be more like our kind of official review for the episode. Because we technically haven't... We haven't talked about it. Yeah. We've both seen it. So um, let's let's do the official thing. The Japanese archipelago, 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders. Calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. 
When by executive decree all the canine pets of Megasaki City are exiled to a vast garbage dump called Trash Island, 12-year-old Atari sets off alone in a miniature junior turboprop and flies across the river in search of his bodyguard dog, Spots. This is Isle of Dogs. It comes from uh, Wes Anderson, who I think this is his second foray into stop motion animation. He's only other done Fantastic Mr. Fantastic Fox. Mr. Fox, which he's I done, love. He's done snippets in all of his movies of stop motion. Do you, how do you feel about Fantastic Mr. Fox? I love Fantastic Mr. Okay. Fox. Yeah. All right, good. So that kind of gives us a, a place to start from. Well, let's start here. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? There's a reason why this movie's title is a play on the phrase, I love dogs. Because <laughs> I love this movie. You're in the love it category? Yeah. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah. You think? Yeah, I'm just barely in the love it category. Okay. Um, I... I I don't know. I, I I guess we could start with the thing that's keeping me from like full on loving this movie, and then we can just go in and just praise everything else about this movie because there's so much good about what's going on here. Yeah, um, it's a little bit slow paced for me. I felt the time it, in this movie. Yeah, that was my I, one con. Is I, I felt did. the time. I really did more than I wanted to. Like I, I'm used to with a Wes Anderson movie feeling a little space. He likes his space. He likes his framing. He likes his space. Um, but I felt it more here even than usual uh, for a Wes Anderson movie. And, I mean, it's it's okay because it, it does give you a feel. Like, it definitely feels like this movie, but I, I wish it had been a little more efficient uh, for me. And that's enough. I'm right there with you. That's my, I can only think that's my huge con. Yeah, yeah, mine, and it's enough for me to go. Yes, I love this movie, mm-hmm. but I don't. I'm not like super in love with this movie. Yeah. So, um, but let's talk about the good stuff. Why don't you start? Oh, it all lays on the shoulders of the phenomenal voice acting in this movie. I mean, everybody is perfectly cast. I think Edward Norton is just he is underrated when it comes to comedy. His timing. He's so good in this, isn't he? Oh, he. I think he might be the funniest voice in this whole movie. I agree. No, yeah. I'm with you. Him and um, uh, Jeff Goldblum. I love whenever Jeff Goldblum was like, hey, do you guys hear the rumor? And then they all start talking <laughs> over each other. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 was the rumor? Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. There's and a... Brian Cranston's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Okay. Voice acting. We have to talk about how this is a multilingual film. Yeah. And how cleverly it was done. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because part of it, the multilingual, because it takes place in an Asian culture. Yeah. Um, where, and I, I'm not sure of the actual language that they were speaking. Japanese. I'm guessing it was Japanese. It is. Um, but it's interesting because it almost puts you on the dog's brain lane, you know, uh, brain yeah. wave because. The dogs don't necessarily understand the English that they're saying, and you know we don't understand you know the, the language that they're speaking either. So it's interesting in that way. And the movie I think does a perfect job of translating what you need translated. Yeah. Uh, and the humor even in the subtitles in this movie is hilarious. You oh know, yeah. When, when it'll say something you know in a Japanese script, and then it'll say you know the translation in English. I, I don't know. That stuff made me laugh. Me too. It's a funny movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's too dry. It, I could see some parents, if they don't know who Wes Anderson is, you know, and his dry sense of humor, 
he has the driest of dry sense of humors. If you were to take your kids to this movie, I don't think they would enjoy it all that much because I don't think it's a movie for kids. I do. I feel for the parents that think they're going to a typical computer, you know, generated animated movie or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like they're going into like some sort of Mr. Peabody you know, yeah. kind of movie and don't realize what they're getting into because... Yeah, I, this is not a movie made for kids. Not not only the the style, but the substance. You know, just yeah, the the depth of uh, the injury in this movie and kind of what they go through and all that stuff is. You know, I think it's a. I'm it's sorry. A big I, thought, deal. I thought I put my phone on mute. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, um, but from an adult standpoint, <laughs> I love this movie, man. It's so funny, and there's layers to this movie where you know you care about the dogs and yet you care about the certain humans (laughs) (laughs) well you i mean you have your typical protagonists antagonists in the human world yeah and you have your protagonists antagonists in the dog world you know so yeah i don't think i was a fan of the ending really the uh the immediate change of heart seemed a little uh, yeah, but but how else do you go in a movie like this? You know, see, I, I don't know. I don't know the reconciliation you can go for, but it felt rushed and un- interesting. I didn't. I don't feel like anything in this movie felt rushed. Well, I mean, yeah, the only part of this movie I was like, really, out of all the things you're going to rush, you're going to rush this. Okay, emotional switch. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, fine. Now, are you thinking of an emotional switch for a particular character or yes, for a country? For a particular character. Okay. Interesting. I was like, okay, you went from that to that really quickly with no real push. Mm. But, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that uh, ourselves later. But yeah, because um, we're not doing a spoiler episode. No, no, no. I don't think we need to do a spoiler episode for this. Yeah. Uh, I found the uh, the human storyline to be more engaging than I thought it would be. Um, I thought it was going to be all about the dogs and kind of their society and and that kind of thing on the island, but it really was a combination of, you know, humans and dogs and what they mean to each other. And I I loved all the, you know, there's a stuff from Fantastic Mr. Fox about, you know, kind of how Wes Anderson will put stuff um, right on screen about how animals live, but because they're speaking English and, you know, it seems silly. There's a lot of that here with the dogs, you know, uh, which I loved. And yet at the same time, there are also the human characters who I thought were doing interesting things. And there's a particular exchange student character that I really loved in this. I thought she was great. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot to love in this movie. I like the the overabundance of the acknowledgement of conspiracy theories, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> prove my conspiracy theory. It's not prove my story or prove my... They they right. just come straight out and say, it's a conspiracy theory now. Help right. me prove it. Yeah. I love that. How'd you feel about the plot of the movie? Like, did you feel like it took some twists and turns that you weren't expecting? There was one moment in this movie that they rat, quote unquote, ratified. Ah, it's hard for me to say, I'm like, oh, it just got real all of a sudden. Like, yeah, it yeah. was just this one moment. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, and yeah. then I'm like, oh, okay. Because there was, I was like, this movie just did that? I didn't see that coming. I know exactly what you're talking about. What's, yeah. what's amazing about the movie is that it has 
There, this is two consecutive moments, and there's a little bit of space between the two moments, right? Yeah. The first moment is like, oh, wow, this movie is more morbid than I thought, deeper yeah. deeper than I thought. Uh, and you believe that Wes Anderson would do that. Like, yeah. you, you, you buy it, you know? From somebody else, maybe you automatically know, you know, it's different. And then later on, there's, there's a moment where it's like, oh, here's the solution to something that happened previously. Uh, and you're like, oh, okay, and it fits. It works. I, you know, I thought that that yeah. one-two punch worked really well. So, um, yeah, there were some turns I did not see coming, but they were, they, I don't, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to phrase it in a way where I obviously don't give it away because sure. we're not doing spoilers. But twist came that I was shocked by, but then I was okay with yeah. immediately following. Were you okay with kind of the ridiculousness of some of the like um, military grade, you know, tooth or you know those? I kind love of that things? stuff. Okay, I think that fits into a world like this perfectly, where you have a world where the ridiculousness of human mentality is so much. Like I'm talking about the actual society, you know, mm-hmm. everybody hating dogs all of a sudden because I can't think of anything more ridiculous than an entire <laughs> people just saying. We all hate dogs but now. But they kind of made it make sense. Yeah. You know? Like, they kind of... It, it. That's what's interesting about this movie is there's almost this underlying theme of how politics works and how, you know, how careful we have to be about giving ourselves to rhetoric and, you know, um, just the idea of we like to get angry about things. We like to... I, I, th- I found that very interesting. This movie was saying something about our kind of our our weakness of becoming a mob, you know, mob yeah. mentality, um, which I wasn't necessarily expecting from a movie like this, but, you know, I think that was definitely there. I never go into a Wes Anderson movie expecting to know what he's going to tell me. Right. That's the one thing I'm like, I, it, Wes, this is my seat right here. I'm going to sit in it. You tell me a story, and I'm just going to watch. And the fact that he can still surprise me whenever I go and not expecting anything. Yeah. Because you kind of get a feel for how his movie's paced, and then he'll switch it on you real quick. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, so okay, so I'm going to adjust myself real quick in my seat. Now yeah. continue, Wes. <laughs> That's right. I think, um, I, I really think la- later Wes Anderson is the best Wes Anderson for me. Yeah. Um, I, okay. like, I'm a huge fan of um, Moonrise uh, Kingdom. Yeah. And uh, Best Exotic. Uh, no, that's that's a that totally, is not him. Are, think, not, I'm are you thinking of, of Grand the Budapest. Grand Budapest yes. Hotel? Yeah, no, one of those hotels. Yeah, On, uh, you know what's funny is because you say that my favorite Wes Anderson movie is easily the one everybody says is his worst movie, and that's uh, 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 Steve Zissou Life Aquatic. Yeah, I didn't get that movie at that's all. My favorite. It's in my top. 30 movies of all time. It's one of my favorite movies well, ever. Well, so tell me, do you think so? Because I know a lot of people who are Wes Anderson fans from the beginning stuff. Like they, they love that. Dar- like Bottle Rocket and stuff. Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Um, you know, all the early Rushmore. Rushmore. And I wonder if for them, because I feel like these movies are different. Like I feel like he's evolving into, for me, a more efficient filmmaker. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's annoying to people who love all his early stuff or if no. they're evolving along with that's him. A, for me, that's what it is. Because I've, you know, from Bottle Rocket, I think I've seen every single one of his movies. Royal Tenenbaums, you mm-hmm. know, all of them. And I think that his progression has been so, I guess his transition, I should say, has been so smooth 
that it's just easy to ride that transition with him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like an extreme going from... No, it still definitely feels like Wes Anderson. Yeah. The symmetry, his style of filmmaking hasn't changed. Symmetry, you know, very dry sense of humor. But the actual... what The character development, I guess, would be what I'm trying to say. Yes, Is I a agree. lot more flushed out. I agree. And I don't think that that's a transition. Did, I did think you say that's, flushed out? You mean fleshed out? What, yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah, thanks. It's flushed out and fleshed out are probably two different yeah, things. Yeah, I meant to say fleshed out. Okay, thanks. good. Yeah, I, that's what I thought I said, but... <laughs> But I think, I guess I wouldn't say it's in transition. I think it's improving upon one's craft. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I don't think that he's switching. I think he's just becoming better. I agree. No, so. I, I totally agree. I, I see a lot in his later movies that uh, I find interesting, whereas in some of his early movies, I just, you know, I get really bored with his early movies. I also think, I, I could be totally wrong about this, I just think stop motion animation is perfect for him because... It fits his style. He, you watch some of his live action movies, and they almost feel like stop motion animation sometimes yeah. because of the way he frames characters, the way he moves characters, the way that he has characters say sentences. Um, it almost feels like voiceover sometimes, even when characters are delivering dialogue on screen. Um, so, I for me, that's why I think I, I Isle of Dogs and um, Fantastic Mr. Fox will always be my favorite Wes Anderson movies. I just think stop motion is just so perfect for him there's one more thing i want to say about this movie that blew me away that i hadn't thought a movie since kubo and the two strings could do in stop motion and that's camera movement and stop motion Mm. blows me away to this day i'll never understand how it's done like there's i'll just say the beginning titles is three uh, Japanese men playing drums, you know. Oh, so good! And then the the camera starts to spin around them, and you you're I'm thinking in my head that's stop motion. Yet the camera is panning around them in a 360 degree motion, and it's so fluid and smooth that it doesn't make sense to me. It's got to be computers, the ability to move because you got to know your frames, right? Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm assuming this was somewhere around 30. Although stop, stop motion, sometimes they'll do 15 frames a second just because there's so much. I think so this much. has to be at least 30. You think this is 30? I think so. I will say it was for, gorgeous. For moments, for moments, for moments like that, that has to be at least 30 to render could that. Be, could be. And then, because what you can do in film, what I've done in film whenever I filmed, is you can actually render to a maximum length, but what you film certain areas will always technically stay in that you know, oh, yeah, you extend even if you shoot 15 frames for a second it, and then you render it in it 60 will, frames, right, exactly. it's still going to be so. That's why I'm saying, like, f- scenes like the one where it's panning around the three drummers, mm-hmm. I think that that could have been filmed, like you said, computer generated at a much higher frame rate to give it that smoothness of the pan. Well, I wasn't saying computer generated, here's what I was saying I was saying that computers can very easily figure out how much the camera needs to move for each frame to get that effect. So you so still think it was stop motion? I Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think you can do that. You just have to know, here's how the, the piece moves, like the, the drummer. Here's yeah. how much we move the drummer for each frame, and here's how much we move the camera for each frame. So take a picture, move the camera a little bit more, you know, mess around with things that, you know, but I think to do all those calculations, I think computers help a lot with that to be able to, and then you've got a rig where I think the camera can take those calculations and just, you know, do them. So it's not as much, you know, human error involved 
is what I would guess. You know what? If Wes Anderson doesn't want to do another stop motion movie because it's uh, too difficult, you know what movie I think he would actually be very welcome as like a director to? Puppets. Oh, yeah. I think he could do a puppet movie, like a sort of like Muppet sort of thing, you know, because I think that, that style of dry humor could very well lend itself to a lack of facial expression from a puppet. Yeah. That's you know, an interesting thought. I think it could. And I'd I'm be not interested sure. in that. I, I would definitely watch a uh, a Wes Anderson puppet film. Yeah. For sure. Have him direct the next Muppet movie. Oh, please. We'll go for it. Please. Um, the other two things I wanted to mention, uh, one just kind of talked about already, which is how gorgeous this movie is. The colors and the beauty in this movie I thought was wonderful. Uh, and then I would also mention the music in this movie I thought was astounding. It oh, had the- its own, it was almost its own character. Yeah. Uh, the, the way this movie used um, that music. So yeah, I, that, the drums. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I want lot. that soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. There are a few movies I, I like in the middle of the movie. I'm going, oh, I got to get to the soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, this was definitely one of them yeah. for me. So anything else you wanted to mention? Four movies you had to get caught up on, you know, mm-hmm. and what, or five movies, I should say, five movies that you had to pack in. Did this for you feel because they're five technically huge movies? It's you know it's the beginning of you know the the movie extravaganza, and we're mm-hmm. about to get into the summer sum game, right? Did it feel like wow? I missed out on some either gems or just now I'm trying to get caught up. Like, did you feel like because I know a guy like you who has to see so many movies a week? Yeah, had it hit you that you'd fallen behind? No, you know, I, I try not to think about it too much. I think if I hadn't had the incident, I probably would have saw a couple more movies. Uh, probably like Chappaquiddick or um, what was the other one that um, that I wanted to see? That's, Super Troopers too. Uh, well, yeah, I might have seen Super Troopers too. Yeah. Uh, or even I feel pretty. You know. Um, yeah, the Amy Schumer one. But um, but you know, it's I, I try not to think about it, and at the same time, um it's fine. You know, I'm glad to catch up on these movies and those movies will, you know, be out on they'll video. They'll still be there. Yeah, they'll still be there if I want to catch up on them. Okay. And I, I do that with some movies, you know, anyway. Um, it's, you know, it's not like I get to see every single film. So yeah. I'll play some some more catch up with, with some stuff. But no, I, it didn't feel too bad. Okay, because I remember whenever I was doing trailer reviews for movies and if I'd like took a vacation and then I'd come back and then there were like all those new trailers for movies... I'm like, wow! I am so far behind. I got to play catch up, and trailers are, you know, t- two minutes. You know, mm-hmm. I I didn't want to imagine how a two hour movie would affect, you know, you know, coming back to something like that. Like, no, it's good. You know, I I it's also nice because it's something I could do that doesn't take a lot of energy. Like, you know, um, so sure. as I'm recovering to just sit in a theater and, you know, I think one day I watched three movies. You know, I caught up three of them in one day. So, um. You know, it's it kind of went nicely with my recovery program. So okay, so I think it Let's worked go. well. Um, overall, Isle of Dogs is a recommend for sure. Very much so. Can I just admit that I didn't even realize the the title was a pun until you until you so mentioned I it love word. dogs. Yeah, I love dogs. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yep. That just that just upped it a whole grade level in my opinion. Really, wordplay will do that. Yep. No, I'm just kidding. I love dogs. I love dogs. Very nice. Uh, Before we move on to the Summer Sum Game, just a reminder that if you want to support this podcast, it comes from a fan-funded podcast network called Studio DNA. Uh, You can check all the information out at patreon.com slash studio DNA. 
Uh, if you start at three bucks a month, you automatically get your own podcast feed that has bonus episodes of some of your favorite podcasts right in it. Uh, and that comes right to you. Uh, in fact, for the bonus episode, this time we talked a little bit more about what happened to me, uh, kind of went into more of the details of that incident um, and, uh, you know, just kind of had a conversation. So if you want to hear that conversation between Andrew and I, you certainly can at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Beyond that, thank you for supporting your favorite podcast. It means the world. Just three bucks a month and you can kind of keep this stuff going. So thanks for doing that. All right, let's do the summer sum game. Let's do it. Uh, this has been live. There are 24 entries already. Hey. Uh, we've got about another week and a half. Uh, if you want to enter, just go to siftpop.com. We've got the main URL directed right towards the entry. Uh, and all you do is you pick which 10 movies you think will make the most money in order. Domestically. Domestically before the end of August. So starting with the Avengers, and the reason I say that is because usually we start with May, but the Avengers moved themselves up a week into April. Yeah. Uh, and we do want to count the Avengers as a summer movie. Because even those, like, what, five, six days, it's still going to make Right. Yeah. yeah. So it counts. So starting with the Avengers, what will make the most domestic dollars all the way through the end of the month of August? And then we will have winners uh, on September 1st. So you pick your top ten, and then you also get three wild cards. Uh, so you get three other movies. You're like, well, just in case my others don't come through, here's three movies uh, that I think will do well. Uh, Andrew and I are going to give our picks. Uh, you're welcome to give yours again at sifpop.com. Um, all right. Well, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just kind of go in order? Yeah. And we'll just kind of go back and forth. Let's start at number one. Like what we think is going to make the most? Yeah. Or we start at 10 and no, go down? No, let's start with the most. Let's start with the most. Okay. Uh, I said Avengers. Me too. Yeah, I it's think it's the easiest pick. Not only for the fact that it's already pre-sold the most domestically mm-hmm. out of any movie in history, I think. Or, I think. I'm pretty sure. Could be. Um, but also the fact that it's the first movie. So it has the most time right. to make money domestically. Yes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, the only way it doesn't happen is if other movies are bigger. You know, if the other movies explode, even it's not like it's not like Avengers Infinity War is going to fizzle. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's going to make its money. But if somehow something else just blows up like Black Panther or some, you know what I mean? That's the only way uh, I will say. And we'll get we'll get into some of these movies as we continue on. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that Age of Ultron was the Avengers movie and Jurassic World was out that summer. Yeah. And Jurassic World beat Avengers Age of Ultron. And Black so, Panther just passed uh, Jurassic World and Titanic you know that? for that matter yeah yeah so yeah Black Panther is now the number three overall but what I'm saying is we've got a situation again this year with another dinosaur movie yeah you know a Jurassic World sequel then another Avengers movie history could repeat itself yep. so you know I it, I agree with you it seems the most obvious choice however I actually think there are three movies that could come in at number one if certain things go their way I'm, so, I'm curious if we have the same three movies uh, well, let's go on to number two then. Deadpool 2. No, I have The Incredibles 2 at number two. Okay. Uh, this, I have it very close to that. This is the, this is, and then we'll talk about Deadpool, but Incredibles 2 is the other one I think, if everything goes right, could actually be number one. Um, I think people quickly forget how well a well-loved Pixar sequel does. Uh, Finding Dory was not a great movie by most critics estimations. Yeah. And it made what 500 and some million dollars. It won that year. 
Yeah. Uh, so Incredibles 2 could do the same thing, even if it's not a great movie. If it is a great movie, watch out. Like, I yeah. really think the repeat family business on a movie like that could send it to uh, to that number one slot. I didn't pick it there. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think it'll be good enough to get to number two, but, um, but it could be interesting. And I had it at number three because I... I was hesitant to the fact that, I, and I know that there was a long time between Finding Nemo 1 and 2, mm-hmm. but there's been an even longer time between Incredibles 1 and Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if a gap that size between sequels would affect people's draw back to it. Could be. And I didn't know because if you look at um, any Jurassic Park movie, when was the last Jurassic Park movie? <laughs> and then Jurassic World came out. And, you know, it did buku bucks, so it could go either way. Yeah. But I still think Deadpool, even though it's a rated R movie, is going to destroy the box office. Yeah. I am so confident. It is, I could potentially see it making more money than Avengers. Well, I can see it, but I don't want to bet on it. Uh, I This will probably determine who of us comes out on top, because I don't think that I've got Deadpool 2 at number five. Okay. Um, I think it'll make a lot of money, um, but I think there's a limit to a movie like that that just doesn't get up to those top tier uh, movies. Is it because it's rated R? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a huge part of it. You know, Um, because you got to think the first Deadpool movie is the highest grossing R rated movie of all time. I think. Did it beat? I think I think it beat the Passion. Did it? I think so. I could be wrong, but I think it did. It'll be interesting to see, but I just I feel like there's a limit on it that is going to keep those other four biggies uh, above it, uh, in my opinion. So okay. I have it at number five. Okay, so now we're on to four. Number three. Okay. Oh, so you have a different number three then? Yeah, my number three is Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. That's, I got a number four. So okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think this movie is going to be huge, no matter what it is. Um, I just think you know you look at the box office of the first one, people you know. You, you mean Jurassic World, or you mean the first Jurassic Park? The f- I mean Jurassic World. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I I think people are excited to see it. I think, uh, again, I haven't seen the trailers or really any trailer reactions, so I don't know about you know any of that. But I wanted to ask you about that, and I'm sorry we're taking like a little you detour? Know, detour here. Yeah, no worries. How, does, how do you think this affects you? Because you don't understand, or you don't know trailer hype, really. Right. Because... There could be a movie out there that people are going crazy over for a trailer for, and you have no idea. No, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I guess at a little bit of disadvantage, but I like to think maybe it's an advantage in some ways too, mm-hmm. um, because I'm looking at it more uh, non-emotionally. I think sometimes hype doesn't necessarily result in action. Okay. Um, which again is how I feel about you know Deadpool two. Uh, you know, it just you know had a bunch of pre-sale stuff that happened that I saw in the news today. I don't know that that necessarily means it's going to break any box office records. I think it just means people are the people who really want to see it are already getting their tickets and excited to see it. Yeah. So um so yeah, I think there's advantages and disadvantages, but overall it probably balances out. I okay. would guess. I would guess. All right. So, back to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. So, yeah, I had it at uh, number 4. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. You can you can safely bet it's going to be in at least the top five. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think actually, I think the top five are pretty well set. 
<laughs> I think you're going to be surprised. Okay, maybe. Maybe I will be. What do you have at number three? Uh, my number three was Incredibles. Okay. And then my number four was Fallen Kingdom. So oh, I keep your, stealing your, your next yeah, one. So your number four is... Solo. I have Solo way further down. What? Yeah. How do you, how in the world would you think a Star Wars movie would be below the top five? I don't think people are as hyped for Solo as you Oh, might think. I think you're so wrong. I think... This may be one of those trailer hype things. I don't know, but... Yeah, I think you're going to be surprised... I, I'm not saying it's not going to break the top 10. It easily is going to be in the top 10. But I think you'd be surprised. I think that it will fizzle quick. Really? I do. I think it'll fizzle quick. Just because you have an instinct that it's a bad movie or what? You, it, It's based solely on things I've seen in trailers, so I don't want to tell you. I don't want to okay. you know, ruin things. All right. but, uh, I do feel like at this point maybe they should have called it Lando instead of Solo. Everybody's more hoped about. It was funny. I was in the ticket line yesterday uh, for or a couple days ago, actually, for Isle of Dogs. And the person in front of me uh, asked, asked for a ticket for Solo, uh, but called it Lando. <laughs> <laughs> she said she was so excited to see Donald Glover as, as Lando Calrissian. I almost said see Donald Glover as Billy D. Williams. <laughs> it's close enough. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, man, do I, I totally disagree with you. I, there's no way a Star Wars movie. We aren't there yet. There's no way a Star Wars movie fizzles. We just aren't there yet. Like, I, maybe someday, but not yet. Okay. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. It sounds like it, that's interesting. So it's going to come down for us to Deadpool and Solo, probably. Probably. Because we have those very different. I de- oh, for me, I I don't see how Solo could make more money than Deadpool. I have it above Deadpool. I know you do. But I'm just saying, for me, like, whenever I'm thinking about it, like, obviously where I have Solo and then where I have Deadpool... It's just the math I've done in my head is like, I can't see it happening because I think people are going to go and see Deadpool again and again and again and again. Whereas whenever I think of a movie like Solo, I say it's a one and done. You think so? I think so. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, So I've got Solo in at number four and I've got Deadpool in at number five. What have we missed for you in the top five? Anything? No, we're there. We're good. So number six now? What do you have at number five? Uh, One, two, three, four. Oh, number five? Tag. You have Tag at number five? I think it's going to be the dark horse comedy that takes over the box Tag? I honestly do. Wow. You heard it here first. I think Tag is going to do buku bucks. Wow, I guess so. It's it's in a time zone. More than solo. Yeah, I really do. I think so. Wow. Every single, like every couple, like five or six years, there's a movie like The Hangover or sure. or a movie like that that just goes crazy. Yeah. And a movie based on a true story about five friends who have been playing the same game of tag for 30 years, mm-hmm. that is going to get so many people wow. to go to I, the theaters. I do not think so. Um but that's that's a that's a big gutsy call, Andrew. I'm I'm I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like the guts. Some cojones on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow, tag, you're it. So that was my number five, and your number five was Dead- Solo. No, Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Deadpool. You had Solo at four. All right, so let's move on to number six. Okay. Uh, by the way, tag, uh, since since it's been mentioned, I'll tell you where I had it, which is in my wild cards. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'll at least get a point if it goes crazy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't have it in the top ten. I had it as a wild card. Okay. Number six. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, close. I had it at seven, so you're always one above me. Interesting. <laughs> but go ahead and talk about it then. 
Uh, you know, it's interesting that you have a secondary Marvel movie, and it's always interesting to think, well, where, how will that affect? Where will it land? I don't think they've talked at all about, at least that I've seen in any news articles, um, about how the two are connected. About does Ant Man and the Wasp take place during Infinity War? Does it take place before, after? You know that kind of stuff. So it'll and you be. You haven't seen to see. trailers or anything, no, so you don't no. know. Yeah. See, there's. That's another thing. Is I'm just going to sound dumb, but I'm sorry. I kind of have an insight because you know you get on theory boards of like. Well, does that this, give you an insight though? That's why I say or it sounds it dumb. That's why your I say. Brain? That's why I say it sounds dumb because you see things or don't see things right. in trailers, and you're like, well, what does that mean for this movie? Right. Yeah. 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 Because. The, Cinematic universes that affects things now. What happens in one movie will greatly affect what happens in another. Right. So people will begin to theorize, and that, that's what le- led me to putting this. And also the fact that I think you have two Marvel movies, granted one of them as a Fox Marvel movie, that are really overshadowing Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp. Yeah. They really are. No, totally. Absolutely. So. I still think it'll make great money, though. I think. Um, uh, Paul Rudd is so great as that character, so much fun. I think people will really enjoy going seeing that. Okay. So yeah, I think it'll make good money. Uh, what, what I had was Mission Impossible Fallout, and I have that at number seven. So we just okay. had those those flopped. Okay, so let's flip flop. Talk about it then. Um, I wanted to put it higher. I really did, but there's, there's just, just so much. Yeah. I mean, things like tag. You got to get tag up there ahead of it. How I will bet you a steak dinner <laughs> that tag will make more money than Mission Impossible. Oh, that's too easy. I don't want to take your steak dinner from you. That's just too easy. One one steak dinner at Jim's. I bet you your defibrillator that <laughs> No. Um I really I, I see it, man. I see if, it. If tag if tag makes more than Mission Impossible Fallout, I, I will buy you a steak dinner, bet or no bet, just because you deserve it. Okay. Uh for making that call. So it's up to you if it doesn't, if you want to buy me a steak dinner, but I will do it. Um, but no, that's, that's, that it won't be a gyms. It'll be like a steak and shake steak or something like that. <laughs> Tag will make more than mission impossible fallout. I, I just do not see the world where that happens. I, I so hope you get to say, I told you so. That'd be so fun. I love it when gutsy <laughs> calls like that come, come through. So, um, I think, uh, the mission impossible movies have become, uh, surprisingly better. Well, just surprisingly where they are, they're always good. Like, you know, there's, I mean, you can find flaws with them, but it, it's just turned into a really great franchise. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think, I think this will, this will make a lot of money. I think world building, because you didn't see a lot of world building in the first couple Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. But I think as it's, you know, aged and, you know, expanded, I think it's more f- fleshed out. <laughs> and, you know, the world building is something that, you know, makes it so easy to just, fall back into those movies it feels like someplace you've been before yeah and of course every i mean tom cruise like he learned to actually fly a helicopter for this one broke his leg i mean just like that man it's crazy oh you probably haven't seen the footage of him breaking his leg no i haven't i get shivers when i watched it nice yeah uh so yeah it's crazy you and i we just switched mission impossible and ant-man right there yeah i think so um, this is where it gets interesting, I think. Yeah. Number eight. This is where I had Solo. Wow. Number eight. Well, it could happen. Uh, I have Ocean's Eight. I have it a little eight. further down. Um, I think this movie's going to do really well. 
Uh, I it's a little bit of a gamble to put it this high at number eight. I think, mm-hmm. but I I just think with the star power, um, the girl power, uh, I think is going to push it uh, quite a bit, which I love. Uh, I'm I'm excited, and you know, if it's a good heist movie to boot, uh, I think it's going to make a lot of money. I just I don't care how this is going to sound stupid. I don't care how much money it makes. You know me, I love heist movies. I just want it to be a good heist movie. Good heist movie, sure, yeah, yeah. Please, please yeah. just be a good heist movie. So I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, man, people love them some San, Sandra Bullock, so yep. I think it's going to do fine. Yep. And then we already talked about Solo. Yep, so we're on to number nine. Yep. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Yep. That's an interesting choice. I didn't have it on my list at all, or in the, uh, in the wild cards. I think that there's a nostalgia factor for Winnie the Pooh. And you add the dashing, beautiful face of Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor to it. Uh-huh. You you just found money. That's what you did. <laughs> you just found a you found a hole, and it was full of money. And you're like, "That's my money." <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, my number nine is skyscraper. I think you add the rock to uh, a skyscraper. I think you're you're going to make some money. How much has Rampage made? I don't know. Okay. I haven't looked. Recently. I know. I know it's recent because it you know it just came mm-hmm. out. But with did. Uh, Jumanji come out this year or last year? That was last year? This year? I don't even know. Yeah. I think it might have been last year. Uh, I wasn't going to say if it was this year, people might say, I already saw my rock for the year. Mm-hmm. Or do you think that he could come out with a movie every single week and people would I, always go? I think, I mean, maybe they'd get tired of it pretty quickly if it was every single week, but I don't think every you know three or four months people are going to get tired of it. Okay. So... I, the question is, how many movies can he make? <laughs> like, he's the rock, dude. He's working. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, I think Sky, skyscraper is going to do well. So I had that at number nine. Okay. Uh, what do you got at number ten? This is where I have Ocean's Eight. Okay. So yeah. you had it in the top ten, then. Yeah. You? I I have the Meg at number ten. <laughs> you think that the Meg is going to make some money, huh? I, I really do, and I think it's going to make it quickly. Uh, the reason I, I say that is, I, it's an August release, like an early August release. Yeah, there's nothing else out by that point. People are going to be excited, and it doesn't have anything in front of it, you know, to to steal its uh, thunder. It's like the last big summer movie. So I think for those, you know, three or four weeks before this game is up, I think it's going to make some big money. I didn't even have it as a wild card. I saw it as a more high budget Sharknado, which obviously it is. Sure, but they you just don't think put, you don't think people are going to go see that. I don't think people want to spend money. I think that's a uh like a Netflix binge. Okay, I I do. I think if Netflix would have uh bought the Meg and put it out, I think it could have technically made more money. Interesting. I think it could have because I don't see people wanting to go to the theaters to see the Meg. All right, I could be wrong though. We'll see. This is this is your tag. Except I didn't have it at number five or whatever. Hey, it's at number ten. <laughs> All right. Uh, what did you have at number ten? Oh, Ocean's Eight. Okay. Yeah. So onto the wild cards. I already mentioned Tag was one of my wild cards. Okay. Um, I'm gonna are... go with Upgrade. Ooh, what's that? I know that one. Upgrade is about this man who is in a accident and he's crippled from the neck down. This company puts this chip in his spine to give him the ability to walk again, but it also makes him a super assassin. Ooh, wonder if my defibrillator will make me a super assassin. That'd be cool. And it's fun because like <laughs> would, it, would it be cool? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, fine. Sorry, I I want to be friends. I could be your 
Well, never mind. That's a bad analogy. My now. Simon Pegg? I was, <laughs> was going to say you're TJ Miller, but he's not doing so hot in the news right now. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's um, go with Simon Pegg. Let's go with Simon Pegg. <laughs> yeah. I'd be your Simon Pegg. There you go. Um. So, yeah, that's what Upgrade is. Uh, right. What are, What's another one you had? Uh, Hotel Transylvania 3 I had as a, as a possible wild card. Okay. And for whatever reason, people you know want to take their families over to that again and again and again. I don't think hotel. I think people are done with the whole I would, hotel. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't enjoyed any of those movies. Yeah, I had another hotel movie in mine. Which one? Hotel Artemis. Tell me about that one. So it has an all-star cast. Think of John Wick, the John Wick universe. You know. The safety of a hotel or a hospital okay. for criminals. Yeah. But you put it in this crazy, bombastic world run by um, Jeff Goldblum and uh, what's her name? Silence of the Lambs and uh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. You had me at Goldblum. Yeah. I love me some Goldblum. It looks crazy. That sounds interesting. That yeah. Work. Uh, my final uh, wild card is Sicario Day of the Soledad. Uh, okay. Right? I mean, it could. It could. It could. I don't think it will. That's why it's a wild card. That's true. Yeah. What else? What did you have? Alpha. Okay. I don't even know that one. Really? Yeah. Actually, I thought that I thought you would have Alpha in your top 10. What is Alpha? Alpha is a prehistoric film about the first man-dog friendship. Like, the first time man, as cavemen, found wolves and started domesticating wolves to okay. be, you know, their friends and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought for sure, because this movie has a lot of buzz around it. Does it? Oh, I yeah. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. And whenever I saw it, I'm like, yeah, that has Aaron written all over it. Well, there you go. There are our picks uh, in the chat. Jake mentioned uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor as being excited for a documentary. That will be the documentary of the year. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see it. I can't imagine it'll make a ton of money. But documentaries never do. It could I mean you could be wrong. I was saying I was saying when was the last time a documentary was besides was supersize me uh, in the top ten dom- or domestic? Oh, I don't think so. See, I can't think of a single documentary that cracked a domestic box office ranking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it'd I be cool. Know. I don't it, it looks like a great movie. I'm excited for it. It looks it looks like it's going to honor a, a man that really deserves to be honored and uh, I'm excited for people to get to know Fred Rogers in that way so and it's interesting that it's coming out right before the actual biopic with Tom Hanks you know right yeah which I'm really excited about yeah uh Lauren says the happy time murders is a dark horse going in her wild cards yeah I could see that also um I think it's like the outsiders or something like that it's like a it's not technically a Marvel movie, but it feels like an X-Men youth movie, mm-hmm. like an X-Men first class. Yeah. Uh, that could be one. Oh, Jumanji came out in December, so there we go. So there you go. Um, man, this could be interesting then. Come on, tag. <laughs> Come on, tag. <laughs> and just to be clear, a tag above Mission Impossible is what we said, right? Like, tag doesn't have to No, I said at- tag above Solo. Didn't I? You you did, but as far as our disagreement, I think oh, it, was, okay. it was tag against Mission Impossible. I, okay, I, if you want to do tag against Solo for our bet, that's you know that's even better for me. <laughs> but uh, but no, I don't I don't think tag will make the top ten. So um, that'll be interesting. Okay. You're rooting for tag, and and I'm rooting for the Meg. Yep, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> tag and Meg, you know, three letter 
Words that end in G. See, I got people in the chat saying that they have tag and they're most anticipated. I'm not crazy. All right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you ready to do uh, Buried Treasure as we close this thing out? Yeah. What, what do you got? So there is a movie that I had not seen that people had been threatening to revoke my true nerd card because I hadn't seen it. Finally got around, saw it yesterday, and I loved it. The movie is Gattaca. Yay! What a good movie! So good, right? Oh, wow, that was a good movie. You know, it's so funny because I just had a conversation about Gattaca with, uh, I've been helping out with a contest called Who Reviews the Reviewers from the YouTube channel Geekvolution, uh-huh. and uh, I won the contest in season three, I think, and so I've judged the contest since then. And one of the contestants did a review of Gattaca, and neither of them, the other judges, had seen it. And I was razzing them about it, telling them, you know, it's, you have to see it. It's so good, and it's so prescient. Like, it's such, it's a movie that came out, you know... 98. In 98, and the things it's talking about are relevant today. Yeah. And, you know, things that we're just now really coming to terms with in a lot of ways. Um, I'm glad you loved it, man. Um, people were saying that they thought her was the closest representation to a realistic future. Mm-hmm. I think Gattaca is. No. After after seeing Gattaca, I don't think the extremity of you know people oppressing those of natural birth and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't see that, but the actual you know cr- building a human right. genetically, right? Of the perfect people, I think that is right at the doorstep. Yeah, I think it's right there. No, totally. I, I, I'm blown away by its, its vision. I'm blown away by the performances. I'm blown away by the plot of that movie. Some great quotes in that movie. It's just, it's really good all the way through. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, the whole. Um, that's the difference between you and I. I never save anything for the swim back. Right. Yeah. Like, ooh, that hit. That was like I got chills from that one. I'm like, ooh, Ethan <laughs> Hawke. Ethan Hawke's best movie. There it is. That's He's it so right good. there. He's so good. Yeah, for Jude sure. Law was amazing in it. Ah, Uma Thurman. I love that movie. I'm so glad that you. I'm so glad that you saw it, and it's a good recommend. Apparently, it's a movie a lot of people have missed, probably because again, it was late '90s, so it's been what 20 years. 20 years to the date. 20 years. Well, not to the date, but right. the year. 20 years since it came out, and so there's just a lot of people who you know it's in their background, you know. Uh, it's just not something they've thought about seeing. So, can you believe that next year the Matrix is going to be twenty years old? Don't you just you're just making it worse. You're just making it worse. <laughs> and I think the year after that, the Lord of the Rings will be twenty years old. Just stop. Just stop. You're hurting <laughs> us all. You're hurting us all. Uh, My buried treasure is a documentary uh, that's on HBO, streaming on uh, HBO called Andre. Uh, Is it about Andre the Giant? It's the story of Andre the Giant and goes into a lot of details that I never knew about him. Uh, It is fascinating, supremely well done. It's a great watch. Uh, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I imagine if you are a huge wrestling fan, it's even better. Kind of see some of the behind the scenes I've been wanting to watch it. Um, it is it is well worth a watch, whether you're a wrestling fan or not. Uh, I, I found it absolutely fascinating. Uh, it, it, just the way it takes you into this per, this actual person uh, and who they were and just the, the big sweetheart that this guy was and just what he dealt with um, on a day-to-day basis, just the pain that his body went through just by you know being as big as it was and uh, dealing with the the pituitary you know gland thing that he had that created it to be that way, 
um, you know, the massive amounts of alcohol that this man would drink just to take the pain away. They, you know, like, um, five bottles of wine, you know, four, six packs of his favorite beer, all of this. That was just a normal sitting, you yeah. know, for him. Um, and, and again, with his size, you know, it took a lot more alcohol to, you know, get to him, him to affect him as well. Just these interesting stories like that about this man and, and kind of what he went through. I, I found it absolutely fascinating. So, like I said, I hadn't seen it yet, but I also hadn't heard anybody talk about seeing it yet. So you're the first review. Yeah. I've heard about it. And it's out. And you saying that it's definitely worth a watch just makes me want to watch it even more. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, again, it's on HBO. You can stream it uh, off of their streaming service. That's probably the easiest way to go about uh, seeing Andre. Well, we did it. I'm so glad you're back. The podcast has happened. So glad you're back. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to be back. Um, it has been. It has been. You know, it's. I was wondering how I would do going through this because it's been a couple weeks and I'm still kind of recovering. It's like you never left. I think I feel okay. I think I feel okay about that. I think well, that, good. That, that went fairly well. So congratulations to all of us no, for, for making to you, my podcasting friend. happen together as a family. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Uh, Spreaker, by the way, is spelled S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Uh, huge thing, thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, you got anything you want to promote? Anything you want to let people know about? Head on over to YouTube.com forward slash Flick Freaks. I don't really post there anymore, but the channel is back up. It is alive, and people are posting there. It is now a forum where others can post. Uh, you can also find me at Twitter at, at Flick Freaks. Oh, and also Instagram at Netflix Freaks, where you can see pictures of my dog who likes to fart a lot. It's <laughs> good to know. That doesn't come through on Instagram. No. <laughs> Thankfully. But con- context. Thankfully, that doesn't come through on Instagram. Yeah, he loves to fart. Uh, you can check out my stuff at yourmoviefriend.com or search for Your Movie Friend on YouTube. I will be back doing YouTube reviews with Avengers. That'll be my first one back. Uh, hoping to get that up early next week. From the road. My first one back may actually be from, from a hotel room. You own a KC? Yeah, well, St. Louis. So oh. we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping to get that up. But you can check that out at my uh, YouTube channel or just go to yourmoviefriend.com. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Uh, you can leave a comment at Spreaker or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. If you have any questions or you want to send us on a Sift Quest, make sure you do that. Um, huge thanks and love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters who give monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than coming back from the dead. Just so you know. Uh, we'll catch you back next time uh, talking Avengers next week with a uh, special guest, so be ready for that. Ooh. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.